0: Where we review new releases. I'm Stephen Caldwell, and with me, as always, is my co-host Drew Ferrar. Hello. Hello, Drew. So today we are we are not just the two of us. We are the three of us. Yes, that's right, everyone. We have a special, special guest, Elsie Hahn. Hello, Elsie.
1: Hi, Stephen. Thanks for inviting me to the show. And also, Drew. Thanks for inviting
2: me to the show. <laughs> I oh well, you're welcome. I guess <laughs> I, I like being the, the the tag on to the end there.
0: Uh. Yeah, I'll I'll edit out the the pause so it'll just be like thanks, Stephen and Drew. <laughs> just be real quick. It'll be like super sus. Okay, so we're reviewing Japanese Breakfast's newest album. By the name of Jubilee, and it's a banger. Um, that's that's the end of the review. It's a banger. Uh, a- episode finished. Uh, it, so if if viewers listeners don't know about Japanese Breakfast, they're indie rock. Um, I guess indie pop, dream pop, somewhere in there. Um, yeah, and it's super great. So Elsie, you brought this to our attention. You chose it. Tell us words. Tell us uh, why this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, when you first asked me to be on the podcast, I think this album jumped out to me immediately just because Japanese Breakfast is one of my favorite bands. It has been for a while now. And I was excited to talk about this album in particular because I think it's, it's pretty different from their usual vibe. and their their music is definitely going towards more of a pop-y sound at least based on this album and i was curious to see what you guys thought
2: of it too yeah yeah i i am i'm actually not super familiar with japanese breakfast like this is the first japanese breakfast album i've heard so i'll be interested to go back because i was kind of like yeah knowing elsie i'm like where is this coming from in terms of like this is not the pixies this is not Weezer, this is not. <laughs> this is not uh, Natasha Deals. Um.
1: <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, you know, like I think, you know, this the album that really got me into them was was Soft Sounds from Another Planet. Like when I heard that album, it was, I mean, I guess I should I should put into some perspective. So the the lead singer Michelle Zahner, she, you know, she, she, uh, her mother passed away from cancer and then she wrote the very first album you know psychopomp and that did great that was like kind of their first big launch into into the scene and stuff and um i don't know for for listeners out there like my my dad growing up my dad had cancer and he's fine now it's great like he's doing awesome but just listening to her music and stuff like i felt so connected to it immediately like her experience as like you know she's half korean like half korean american in um the united states and her experience like living with that identity like really struck it's just everything about her validated my existence to me if that makes sense
0: yeah she is such a cool person like she's just she she had like a memoir come out recently i think called like crying in h mart yeah um and and like, obviously, by the name of the album Jubilee, you already have an idea like, OK, wait, so this is the third album. The, the first two, she said, were like uh, about grief, the grief of losing her mother to cancer. I think was it pancreatic. I guess it doesn't uh, uh, make much of a difference, but it, it, like this, this is definitely a joyous album and that's really really cool.
1: Yeah, and it has traces of grief in it, right? Like in hell is obviously. I, I feel like it's kind of like an homage to her first album when she had the song In Heaven, right? And it's kind of like uh, you know, her mom's in heaven and she's kind of left here in hell, right? The lyrics being. Like, anyways, we'll get into that.
0: <laughs> no, this is this is the moment for that. Missy. So <laughs> So I don't I don't know what you mean. Is twenty twenty two in hell? That seems such like that's man. That's just so left field. I just well, I think can't I mean like that. her.
1: You know the song says you know um, hell is finding someone to love when I can't have you. Right. I I feel like that's a reference to her mother. Right.
0: Oh, definitely. Mm. Yeah.
1: And you know her being left with this kind of void that's still there even after all this time, right? Uh, you, you can never feel something like that when you lose a person, right? So there's still traces of that grief and I think that that definitely comes through in the in the album because it's not all like super like vibey, like dance music or anything. Like I think all the tracks on the album are are feel good tracks, but they're all feel good in a different way, you know? Like
2: I having no knowledge of any of the background uh i was like damn this is sad like this is like an unhappy album (laughs) i was like um like there's so many songs about like like thematically like i i think well a uh just to i guess jump right into actually really reviewing it like i think paprika is such a phenomenal opening track um like I think that's just such a phenomenal opening track. It has some really cool themes. And I, I just want to say that like her songwriting is like top notch. Really, really good. Um there's some like very evocative lines throughout the entire album. It's not something that we've talked a lot about in our other reviews, you know, like usually we're really focused on like I guess like the capital M music of it like the sonic experience but and we don't really delve into the lyrics but i I think it's really doing a disservice to the album as a whole to not mention like how well crafted her lyrics actually are um which is not necessarily something that we've seen on on every album or at least talked about a lot on every album that we've reviewed um uh but i i do get a sense of like there being a lot of uh melancholy through, throughout the tracks i was like looking at it and i was like you know like tactics is is pretty melancholy and hell is pretty melancholy um uh, kokomo indiana is pretty melancholy posing in bondage is pretty melancholy like um all, all there's a lot of upbeat tracks like um the second track be sweet uh but like or even like slide tackle slide tackle's pretty upbeat and like i would not consider lyrically it, it to be a very uh upbeat song so it's really interesting that you two are like it's so joyous and i'm like oh i did not i mean that makes me worried about like like if this is joy <laughs> for her like oh boy um <laughs>
0: But I... this is this is her second uh, band. This actually started as a side project. So uh, all all props to her. The first group I'm forgetting the name, but it was an emo band. Um, it was an emo rock band. I think out of Philly. Or... That's I'm right. Just, like, it's out of Philly.
1: Words. No, no, no. You're right. It's out of Philly. Uh, I I know what they're called. They're called like.
0: It's two words. It's two of them. Little Big League, Little Big League. Oh, I was wrong. Mm. I was wrong.
1: I'm pretty sure that's that's
0: three words with two spaces. (laughs) So Paprika is an absolute banger. That's like a song I've been coming back to like so many times. And I cannot fathom how that is not one of the lead singles. I I, I just cannot. I, I can't even put that. I can't comprehend that because that to me is like an extreme standout track i don't know if you guys also feel that way
1: i won't lie like when i first heard the album and i heard paprika i was like what is this because it didn't sound like their music you know or like what what i was used to hearing from them it was so different and um i just the construction of it it's like it's like through composed you know almost like with the introduction and everything like i felt Kind of like taken aback by it originally, but like now, I mean, I love it. I think, you know, that joyfulness definitely comes out in the in the in the gong or that splash symbol or, or whatever it, the the bright whoosh sound yeah. or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, and like she she's I so I came across Japanese breakfast when they they were on Saturday Night Live. They were the musical guests. And I was like, who are these people? They're having a blast and everything seems so sad. And this is this is just like such a, a different thing that's happening. It's like so happy. And then I realized that they also did the soundtrack for Sable, which was a indie video game that I played a little bit of. You played it. And I was just, yeah, yeah. It I can't say that I actually really on to the game there were a lot of fetch quests Mm, Uh, i don't even know what that means (laughs) it means like hey you go and pick this thing up for me and then come back and then the next story beat will happen
1: well i mean like what other kind of quests are there (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i'm I'm
0: serious (laughs) you know there's there's like combat and puzzles and oh, uh, oh i see i see. I don't okay. know but 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 we could have a we could have a conversation about video game design No, the, i'm I, open to
1: that I, i'm but a video oh, game no. novice like i really don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's like completely beside the point uh, <laughs> it that's like an ambient they did like kind of an ambient soundtrack for for sable um so I was like, oh, wait, these are the same people. Like, there's a huge variety to their discography. That's the too-long-didn't-read of my comment that I just had.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know what I think is incredible about of that? What I think is so incredible about Michelle Zahner is that she's so multifaceted, right? And I think nowadays you have to be as an artist. Like, how so many artists are, you know, writing their memoirs or coming out with self-help books or, you know, like just like books on the craft that they're doing. And then they, you know, they have this venture into like all these different types of art forms and stuff, you know, like, you know, composers venturing into like installation work or sculpture and like stuff like um, working with mixed media and then also working with other performers and different, um, you know, mediums and stuff. I think it's, it's something that we aren't aware of as artists enough at least and how how the trajectory of art is going because I think I don't know if you guys feel this way but I think in classical music it's pretty exhausted the materials that we've used like I mean we've we've gone to the ultra super complex stuff and then we've stripped it all back and then I mean where else can you go from there really (laughs) right and I, I yeah, for me, at least, like the next step is is to to be incorporating other mediums, right? We've we've moved past just being able to use the medium of of air or sound or whatever, right? And we're we're going into this kind of um, start of this kind of remelding of all these different art forms, right? I don't know. That's how I feel, at least.
0: Intersections, yes. Yeah, and
1: I think Michelle is is absolutely brilliant for the way that she she's just, you know, getting into everything and just rocking all of it. I mean, first book, New York Times bestseller.
2: Yeah, I, I want to jump back to the album. Sorry, we've we've talked, but no, I I like to to learn about this because um, it's making me think about the album in a different way a little bit. Um. But I, I do want to say, I, I, one of the things that kind of throws me for a loop when listening to the album is there's these moments where um, I, I wish they were pushing the envelope a little bit more. Uh, and knowing that it's a, it's a change of pace, kind of, like, that makes a lot of sense um, in terms of, like, exploring new ideas. Um, but there's just moments where they start doing something that could be really interesting and then they pull back um like i i thought this was actually like a pretty safe album overall um i don't really think there's that many um i don't think they're taking that many leaps um and i don't mean that in like a derogatory way um but there's just not ever a moment where i'm like wow that was such a bold choice except for maybe on like the opening of Savage Good Boy um, which has yes. like the the best opening on the whole that's that's my favorite thing but it's only there for like three seconds and then they're like okay get rid of that uh, back to safe land for a little bit um, but it sounds like their other music is not as safe I guess um, at least from, from what you're, y'all are saying I don't want to like put words in your mouth
0: but um, I, don't, I don't know if "safe" is the right word. I I, I think I, I I think actually for me I felt like with the middle of the album I was getting a little bit of fatigue just in the sameness. Not that there was like a, a bad track because I really don't think there was. It it was just more like I felt like okay, I want to see you guys sort of do something different after like maybe the first four tracks or so i was kind of waiting and then and then the the very last one i forget its actual name but it it was like six six minutes or something like that and they have that song has this trajectory it's going in all these different places we're getting like some shoegaze and post rock and things that are just like, oh, like there's like a lot of development going on here. And I was like, where was this at? Because I would have loved for for this to break up the action some somewhere in the middle.
1: Yeah, I love that last track. Isn't it just awesome? And just like imagining it live, like the amount of things they can do because it's so open, right? It's just yeah, such it feels awesome to hear that song. And it's not because it like feels great. And this is what I mean. Like it's a feel-good song. But like in that kind of way where you you're sitting in your car and you're kind of wailing away with it, you know, a little <laughs> bit. And that feels so good, you know?
0: It's 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 bittersweet in a way. H- have you seen them live, Elsie?
1: I have seen them live, yeah. Just once. Oh my goodness. I saw them with Yola Tango, and they were they were also incredible. But um yeah, I mean that I think. Was it Posing for Cars, that's the last song? I think that's definitely yeah. more of their like more of their older music a little bit. Like it, it sounds a lot more like mm. what they would normally do. And I think, you know, this album is is kind of their pop album, I think. You know, they're trying to get more audience engagement, I think. And it definitely comes through. I mean, yeah. I, it, a lot of bands do that. You know, they come to the forefront and then they kind of release an album that all the fans are kind of like, oh, what a letdown or whatever. Not a letdown, but just like, oh, I can't believe they're selling out or whatever, but they still were able to maintain their, you know, very, their, like, uh, their language in this album, but it is a little bit watered down. I totally know that feeling. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I don't, I definitely wouldn't be like, oh, this is a sellout. Um, But it's definitely... (laughs) like i i was like oh this is like in like the art pop uh like indie pop realm like i there's songs on there own like ah this sounds like kate bush or this sounds like darwin d's or like um in terms of like not like oh this is a kate bush song but like i could see them having like listened to kate bush and then like subconsciously written something that's like influenced by it um but still very much like of zahner's voice um but yeah it's like there's a little bit of a. I think that's what i mean by safe is like it, it feels not generic but like derivative in a non-derogatory way um like she's taking her spin on the genre i guess that makes if that makes sense
0: I, I, I don't know I didn't I didn't feel derivative ever i I felt more like in those first four tracks we were getting like different synth sounds different bass sounds different types of beat um and and a lot of different types of singing like her melody was really coming to the foreground especially like I'm just gonna sing the praises of paprika for the rest of my life but she like, for anybody that knows the genre of city pop, like, it's it's just this wonderful, uh, it started in the 80s in Japan, where it's it, it's a melding of pop and traditional music from Japan into this very forward tone, nasally kind of sound. And sometimes she engages that and and we'll like use that in the chorus and i just like loved that i was like whoa oh my goodness like there's like this vaporwave city pop thing coming at me and then i felt like that kind of like disappeared a little bit and and we sort of we sort of did a, a lot of the same stuff in the middle bit of the album so that that's how i felt
1: yeah i mean i i her voice is amazing isn't it it's so oh, emotive, right? Like, it's just amazing to hear her sing and the different timbres she gets, right? Like, she's not afraid to have that really bright tone. And it's it's incredible. You don't hear it that often. It's a vulnerable sound that you get out of it, you know?
0: It's super unique. Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah. what I think,
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think one of the highlights of, of the whole album overall is the use of... of and this is one of the things that I think makes like Paprika so special, are like all of the actual like very lush arrangements they have with like all the strings and the horns. Um, you get that on like Paprika, you get that on um, Tactics, it's, I think as well. Yeah, and, later in the album. Like, and I think they do a good job of of bringing that in and out. But I, I also I'm like, no, take it further. Like, i i want to hear you like really stretch out on one of these songs um in some of these arrangements um because it always feels like like i don't know like i don't know if it's because like paprika sets the bar so high <laughs> and then um in terms of like the arrangement aspect of it that nothing else like quite gets back up to there um or if it's just something in me that's like i want you to like do more um because i'm like i like i this is one of those albums where i'm like there's never a track on the album that i'm like like skip like i i think it's really worthwhile to listen straight through um but there's some things where yeah i just i don't think they're adventurous enough sometimes um yeah but I i i do like Oh, I was going to say, I, I like how they structure when to use these arrangements, because it's very much like you get these uh string and horn stuff at the beginning, and then you have a bunch of electronica in between, like a bunch of synths, and then they come back near the end. Um, and I like that. Like, I think that shows a lot of intention um, and a lot of thought towards not just like what do these tracks sound like but what is this as a whole what is the listening spirit experience for the whole entire album um which i i, I appreciate
1: yeah i was just going to say like uh their use of instrumental sounds in this album is is really different than in the past like they there's a lot more of it honestly like part of me kind of misses their like their mishmash of synthy sounds because then it feels a lot more um almost like how do i say this like it just feels less restrictive right like it's less of a um like set section or something i don't know how to say it
0: Does does Mm. this does this feel too polished
1: maybe part of it's that like i kind of miss their kind of like gritty sound that that they achieve in in their older albums. And I'm not quite sure. I don't know if you guys have listened to any of her, the live stuff that they've done, like their live albums on on Spotify or anything, but, you know, she kind of takes these songs uh, that she has uh, arranged with instrumental sounds, like just like regular instruments, and transforms them into... a. Several different like kinds of covers with different sounds, different feels and stuff. I think like one that really stands out to me is like she has a, a string version. It's it sounds like string quartet for B Suite, which um, is awesome. So cool. It's awesome. Yeah, you guys should check it out. Yeah, and um, I I don't know how to say this. Like, there's something about her older music that just feels. of their older music that that feels uh more or i guess like less definitive as to when you reach different sections or there are more sections where they're they're kind of like improvisatory feeling more and this one's very very um straightforward right for the most part
0: yeah i i feel like it it almost leaves that that live feeling it's it's like it's omitted it's 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 missing it it leaves something to be desired it's like i want to see where you take this three minute song in a live setting because i feel like that would be really interesting um in kind of like a a jam band sense, but nothing like that. That's just the only words that came to my mind. Yeah,
1: and, and there are no, there are no instrumental tracks on this. And usually they have like uh, one or two instrumental tracks where it's just like synth or something, or just, um, you know, there's no, there's no singing over it. And That's something that I think really broke up the other albums really nicely. Like it just felt right to have a moment in there where it's kind of like settled and it's like, Like an interlude almost, and now we're gonna start the next part of the album, you know.
0: I love interludes. I've literally only mentioned interludes in like half of these episodes so far. I'm like, I I just need an interlude. Like that's that's my that's my jam. So I get you.
2: Definitely there was on, on every listen I would get past Kokomo, Indiana. And then I'd just be waiting for Savage Good Boy to happen, because no way, songs... man,
1: no way, <laughs> that can't be right. Because they... Slide tackle is such a bop. <laughs>
2: Posing in bondage is awesome. They're they're good, but they kind of, I I don't know. I get I get a little fatigued with it because it's like, um, part of it is that like, they're all, like, very, lyrically melancholy, um. In that in that section, and also like posing in bondage, and what's the what's the one right before posing in bondage?
1: That one slide tackle, uh, man. Oh, what's right, what's right after? Sit, I think.
2: Sit, yeah. They're like both super down tempo, and I'm kind of like, I I want something to break it up. Um, mm. I I think that's just me personally, um, but there's just something where I'm like, I also think like. I mean, Savage Good Boy is maybe my favorite track on the album, because um, I'm weird, and I don't think that's going to be like the popular choice. <laughs> but
1: no, I my mean, choice. The beginning of it's brilliant. We already talked about that. It's great. The, <laughs> the voice effects and everything. Like, I guess I miss that part yeah. of, of of Japanese. Like, I love it when she uses the voice effects. They're awesome. They're funny. They're clever. They're you know, awesome. <laughs>
0: There's something playful about it. This this kind of chanty chorus like children's uh, TV show kind of vibe. Like it's it's I I wanted that to return at some point in that song. Yeah, I it's really like nostalgic
1: did. almost, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, whether or not the, something needs to break, be broken up or anything, I just think the flow of the album is brilliant. Do you guys not feel that way? Like I just think it's odd aw- like, I I don't know. Like I get so excited for the next track as soon as one of the tracks is about to end. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. This is the next track coming up. It's gonna be awesome, you know.
0: <laughs> I I like so so for, for the audio listeners, which there are only audio listeners. <laughs> so for anyone who is listening, Elsie is is, is repping the fandom. With an, an awesome B-sweet sweater, shirt, t-shirt, cardigan, blazer. It's a hoodie. Hoodie. There we go. <laughs> I was running out of types of shirt. Um, like I, I just, I really appreciate like the feeling of because th- we've we've had this in other albums where like Drew has been along with a band for a while and then I'm just like just on it for just one album, you know, it's just the album that we're reviewing. And it's such a wild difference because like Elsie, you have you have the benefit of like time and like knowing what they were and what they are. I wonder what do you think they will be? Where do you think where do you think that next album is going to land?
1: That's such a good question. Honestly, like, I'll tell you what I, I want them to go towards. Um,
0: yes. Hot takes.
1: I just discovered this new band. Give me one second. Let me check my Spotify because I just discovered this new band.
0: <laughs> just all acoustic covers of... Um,
2: Air Supply. The 70s soft rock band Air Supply. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, you know, there is something of this, like kind of like fake chill fake chills the wrong way to put it there's like this feeling of this song sounds relaxed but it, it but it isn't actually it sounds like lounge music in in this oozing with nostalgia so much that it's that it's no longer comfortable but that it's actually sad and i think that's what you're getting to true where it's like yeah the name of the album's jubilee so ostensibly we're set up for that that's where our expectations are but it's sort of challenging that the whole time with this haze
2: yeah i like on first on like my first listen I legit thought it was like a breakup album like I'm not even joking I was like I was like oh this is like cause I I've been really trying to be like I want to engage with the album with like a- as little extra musical information as possible on first listen um and then like go back and, and look at some other stuff um but I was like I was like damn who hurt you um, <laughs> <that's my thing. laughs> like, um, just cause like in hell, like in hell makes way more sense now knowing that about Zonner's mom and and how that connects to other stuff. But like, I was like, these are like some legit like sad girl hours. Like these are some <laughs> yeah. very much like like uh, they're just very melancholy lyrically um but yeah like knowing some of this so I I wonder like sometimes we like who's this album for you know what I mean like is it for new listeners or is it for longtime fans or is it for like honor herself um you know what I mean because it's like as as like a first-time listener I don't have all the background of of these past albums that have all this trauma on it and I'm like immediately like ah sad album Um, Uh, so I (laughs) sorry my cat is destroying
1: my apartment um, because she's
0: we are not omitting this
1: (laughs) (laughs) she's upset that I'm not paying attention to her so
0: (laughs) (laughs) so if if I may connect dots here because with what Drew just said who is this who is this for? Is it for honor? And I think I think the answer is yes because to connect it with what Elsie said earlier about this intersectionality of different types of art forms, I think this is a person who just wrote a memoir, right? Like these things are happening simultaneously, and I think this album, I think all the albums, including this one are autobiographical i think they are memoir i think this album is part of the memoir and i think that's why when i first listened to the album i also wasn't 100 percent sure where to place it but then afterwards when i looked at things i thought oh now i know you know and and I don't know. Is that is that a detriment? It, that kind of almost works against like the the supposed poppiness of it in some ways, where it's like you could just accidentally have it on in the car.
1: Yeah, I, I have two things. The first I'm thing right. is the first thing is people write too many goddamn love songs. Okay, <laughs> people write too many goddamn love songs. Okay, I, I, I love I love Japanese breakfast because not many of their songs are love songs. And you know what they shouldn't be because guess what? We're not all in love and we're not all feeling that all the time and life is not about that shit, man.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's about breakfast. It's it's about the <laughs> way you start your day with food or maybe you don't. Maybe you omit breakfast, but it's always a choice that's there.
1: I think I think I think either way like yeah when you first listen to Japanese Breakfast and you're listening to their music, you're like, oh my God, they like, really experienced some real heartbreak. And then you learn about them. And you're like, oh shit, it's not like, oh, I didn't, I got, you know, ghosted by this guy I met on Tinder or whatever. Or like, you know, I met this guy at a bar and we had like a whirlwind, whirlwind, you know, weekend together. And now he just never is going to talk to me again or something like that. Or even like, you know, I've been with this person for six years and now they're leaving me or whatever. You know, you find out it's about about her mom and all of a sudden I think it, it holds so much more weight and it's just so much more real. Like, it's not like any other song or album or band. You know, like, you, you realize, like, she's being vulnerable on this level that, like, any person would be terrified to be. And she's putting it out there for the world and I think it's beautiful, man. My second thing yeah, is... Like, oh, sorry. No, oh. no, no
0: go ahead no 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 no
1: respond i'll give the second thing after okay
0: all okay so all i was gonna say was like well what does it mean to choose jubilee in in a timeline of grief um and i think i think that's an interesting choice um to to be like okay well i've been grieving so i'm gonna choose happiness that's interesting
1: and this comes out like like basically like not like during the pandemic basically right this came Uh, out like a little after or ish like when things are opening up and um, stuff and like
2: i guess it depends on when we define like are we still in pandemic or like when 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 is pandemic over
1: Um, i don't know man my anxiety says pandemic is still happening man
0: (laughs) 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 my neuroticism we're in the threshold of hell. I I thought <laughs> I, I wasn't sure.
1: Uh, no. I mean, things are weird still, and everyone is in crisis always, <laughs> right? Like, who isn't in crisis right now?
0: It's 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 like when um, I went to this stupid rock climbing gym once. This is related, I promise you. And they were having a soft open, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was terrible. <laughs> And the pandemic has had a soft close, and it's the same reaction. <laughs> what is this? This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's what's
2: what's number two? What's my number second two? thing yes. is
1: <laughs> this is my second thing, and, and this is for all you artists out there. Anyone who's making anything creative, you should always be making your art for yourself first. I'm going to tell you why. Who the fuck else are you making it for? Oh, my God. Like, are you making it for your audience? How are you supposed to guess what they want from you? How do you know who your audience is? Don't you want, like, larger audience engagement? Who are those other people going to be, man? So if you're not being authentic to yourself, you're not being genuine to yourself, you're trying to guess what other people want. Like, you're not really being an artist now, are you? Hot what? take. That was the, the, that
0: <laughs> I, I was just like letting that silence just like just just <laughs> fill it with weight. That was beautiful, Elsie. Uh, was I
1: fantastic. mean it. Hot like take. if when you're programming something, like you're programming a concert or you're curating a, a, a gallery or whatever, like you should be wanting you should be showing the world. You be showing the people, your audience, whoever it is, even if it's just for yourself the message that you want to send out, right? Like, as artists, the only power we have is in presenting our art, you know? Like, that's what we've chosen. We've decided that that is the primary power we hold in society, right, is our ideas. Not our financial well-being or anything like that, but our (laughs) ideas, you know?
0: No kind of well-being whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, I think, like like the question of how do we understand other people's experience or, or like, how do we relate to other people? How do we talk to people? Like, how do we, how do you know yourself and know other people? Everything's so fluid. I don't know where I'm going with this statement. <laughs> um, <laughs> just to, <laughs> to be clear. But yeah, there is something e- exploratory about this album that is really refreshing. And like you've been saying, vulnerable when when you when you just you know it's like reading somebody's journal but the journal's in public and yeah it's like it's like if your myspace followed you around throughout life and that was your resume was your myspace from middle school
1: (laughs) i think i think the awesome thing is that like you know when you're really trying to be genuine as an artist right you don't have to push the envelope because it's already there it's authentic right and i don't think anyone can say that this album's not authentic
2: i like i just want to on to to i guess latch onto that like i i really like the lyrics on this album and i'm assuming all of japanese breakfast discography are like there is some just like phenomenal poetic turns um and just like her use of metaphor and Like I I I know like I don't know. I I, we haven't talked I haven't talked about it in any other review. I I think that it's like what you're saying is like it's very genuine. Like it does not feel like you know, sometimes you'll you'll get people writing lyrics that are like up their own ass, you know. Um trying to i am
0: all about ass lyrics no
2: but like it never feels like she's like writing something to be like writing something that isn't authentically her yeah i think authentic is like the best way to put it um and and vulnerable like it never feels like like they never feel calculated in a way of like trying to like reach in a specific audience or something. If that makes sense. Um, getting into the, the, like who's this album for it's for her sort of idea. Like, yeah. Um, I guess one of the things that that's the biggest strength of this album, I think is just feeling authentic. And I think that, you know, paprika is kind of about that like how she likes how like being a musician is like not necessarily the the idea of like creating music but like of like connecting with people in a genuine way um so i think it's like a really fitting opening track um but i i do want to say i i don't know i I don't feel like i i'm i'm digging this album as as much as as you two have um not to say like i don't enjoy it but there's just some things pacing wise that feel strange um in terms of like like i said like between kokomo indiana and savage good boy i i have this sense of like like every song in between is good but it i feel like i i need a break in terms of like there's this right before it right you have this kind of alternating between this arranged thing with the horns and um paprika and then be sweet is like this 80s synth poppy sort of thing um yeah and then you go back to like this like coffee bar jazz thing in kokomo indiana
0: lounge
2: yeah and then it's like three four tracks straight of like okay we're back in synth land and two of them are back to back are like super down tempo melancholy but it feel like it doesn't feel unintentional it just feels like a miscalculation in terms of um like the, I I get set up to expect one thing on the beginning, on the opening of the album, and then it doesn't keep happening. Like I would have really liked if they were alternating between these arranged things and these synth poppy things and really exploring mm. them more. And that doesn't happen, um, which kind of throws me for a loop. Um, like I, I really want to stress that I don't think there's a bad track on the entire album. I think you could needle drop anywhere on the album and have an awesome time. Um, which you definitely cannot say for every album. Um, but there's, there was just this sense every time I listened to it, I listened to it like, like somewhere around like 10 times. So like, I didn't, it's, it's relatively short. It's like 37 minutes. I would say if you can listen to it three times, you should listen to it at least three times. Um, and it it's like
1: 37 yeah. <laughs> you got it pulled up on Spotify. It's like, it's like 37 <laughs> minutes.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's like 35 seconds after those 37 <laughs> minutes, Drew. Yeah. Um, I think we're circling around something.
1: <clears throat> I have to disagree with thing, you, though. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, oh, well. Well, I think we should reserve that for score times. Oh, okay. So... So so let's let's do battle, shall we? With with scores and and fisticuffs and knuckles and um, I I think I will lead off uh, because my guess is I'm 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 somewhere in between you guys. Oh wait. Um, did you yes, want to talk about their me, future
1: LC. thing or?
0: Yes, I want to know about uh, Japanese lunch, perhaps <laughs> even le- Japanese dinner. Um, that was a terrible joke. A- a- at least brunch. Oh God! Um, just a late morning. <laughs> we haven't committed to either thing.
1: Um. Okay. Like I said, I can't tell you where <sighs> where lunch will be, <laughs> <laughs> or anything. Um. But I can tell you yes. what I what I want for lunch.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, I always want a sandwich.
1: You know, you said something awesome about, like, City Pop and stuff, and I think, like, Korea's having its own turn right now. Like, I don't know if you guys know the band e Naichi. Check them out. The English spelling has an L in front. Don't know why, but that's, uh, you know, that's how it is.
0: (laughs) I love that. That's the (laughs) ultimate in move. There's a silent L and a silent seven. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um anyways Inanchi, they're they're a korean band and they kind of mix like new wave with traditional korean music like pansuri which is like a traditional kind of like theater kind of like musical theater kind of situation in, in korea where they tell these they're really long stories they're like you know three hours three to six hours or something and it's just like traditional uh, Korean singing—it's very bright and nasal, like like how you were saying about in city pop and stuff. And like, I think like Zonner is having kind of a uh s- like reconnecting with her Korean roots, having lost her mother and kind of losing that that um, path for her. Um, and she's been spending a lot more time in Korea. Like she tours, they tour in Korea and stuff. You know, follow them on Instagram. Yeah, you know, she was on the cover of, of Vogue Korea and stuff. And, and Or I don't know if she's on the cover, but she was definitely... She did a photo shoot with Vogue Korea and stuff. And, like, she's a huge following. Because of that, I, I'd love to see their music reflect that more. And, um, you know, if it's not pansuri, something like Throat, which is, like, another kind of traditional, more modern traditional Korean singing um, genre. Yeah.
0: But we'll yes, see. I... <laughs> i i I want that too I want that very very badly and that's that's what I feel like is missing because i i, I feel like I've seen in through the door with with some of the beginning and ending tracks I've kind of seen a little bit of that nasalness I've and, and, and but then I want more I want like dig into those influences in a genuine way of course but like she is every ability to do that and i i feel like okay so if if i'm going to go scores so so i feel like there's something in execution that leaves more to be desired so i really love the concept of what they're going for but i also think that i'm withdrew in the sense that the middle fatigues me a bit and i i just wish that there was that variety. There was like maybe a really stripped down track where it was just a, a, a small ensemble without singing or just with singing. I don't know. Just something else um, is some, some, something more exploratory. So I loved it and I was also conflicted by it. So I'm thinking like seven and three quarters. Which is to say that you should definitely, definitely, definitely listen to this album and this group and their discography. They're super cool. Um, Yeah, highly recommend. I will pass it over to one of you, whoever wants to go. I'm being indecisive.
2: (laughs) Do you want to take it, Elsie?
1: Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, this has got to be like a solid like... Eight point eight five for me at least. I mean
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. I love the new rating system. We're going by what does 100ths. that make it? Twentieths? Hundreds? Hundredths, yes.
1: Twentieths. <laughs> <laughs> <20th. laughs>
0: what am I saying?
1: Well, I just Can you make
0: it irrational.
1: I mean, obvious I came into this podcast wanting to be like yes it's a 10 out of 10 everyone go listen to it it's amazing but you know talking to you guys like no like i felt the same i felt similar ways that you guys felt but i'm just so biased because i think michelle's honor is such a fucking badass and like i want to be doing just as much badassery as she is you know she's a huge inspiration to me so it's hard for me to you know the rose colored glasses are real man <laughs>
0: I'm really, I'm really happy that we took the wind out of your sails. I I think that's (laughs) something to be, to be proud of. No, 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 no. What I'm, what I'm really trying to say is, uh, no, you should stick to your guns. Yeah. You should stick to your guns because, because like, like legit, like, like what is this album for you? Like, what is this album? Scores are subjective. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And I I think you have.
2: Oh, I was going to say, I think you have, like, the most unique perspective about, like, I, I mean, like, you're of Korean descent. Like, you're going to have a different interaction with her music than me or Stephen are going to have. You know, like, we're just, like, white guys from the Midwest. We're we're not going to have the same kind... We I mean, you know, we're not going to experience it through the same lens so i i think if like maybe there's something that like i'm missing and it's just because like i don't have that shared identity you know
1: uh maybe i don't know maybe i think um no i I think my 8.85 is solid because um you know if it's if it's getting to 10 like it's got to be like oh my god i thought my brain was going to explode when i listened to this it was so good right <laughs> and you know i think i got like this album got old for me faster than her other like her second album i still listen to it every day it never gets old i'm like real yes sad girl hours start now this is awesome i feel great <laughs> in my car driving to my Violin lessons that I have to teach, even though I play the
0: viola, you know, (laughs) your face is covered in tears as you enter the door. Yeah, I am ready.
1: Yeah, the first few weeks, you know, the the kids are kind of like, oh, what's wrong, Miss Miss Elsie? And then, you know, by by the the sixth or seventh week, they're like, oh, this is just normal, I guess.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm feeling myself.
1: Um. But yeah, yeah 8.85, uh, that's my solid answer. Yeah, I, I just, I'm excited to see what where they go from here. I, I want them to not continue in the pop route. That's me being selfish, you know? But I think, like, they have every capability of being super, super popular. I mean, partially because, like, one, like, Let's be honest, like Koreans are kind of popping off right now, like majorly with K-pop and everything. Um, and like Yeah,
0: but where where is that makes me feel conflicted because it's so corporate and so uh uh mediated by a team of many people. This does not feel
1: that way. No, exactly. Whatsoever. I think it's it's it has all the appeal and, like, those Western ideals along with, like, that connection to Korea, you know? I'm just trying to say, like, you know, it's, it has everything going for it to go in whatever direction it wants to. I think what's brilliant is that Michelle's so unabashedly herself, like, and I don't think anything's going to stop her from that. She wants to write a pop album? She'll write a, she'll write a pop album. She wants to write a fucking, I don't know, metal album? I'm sure it'll come out and it'll be awesome, too. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Japanese knight. Yeah,
1: that's
2: right.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna milk that joke for as long as I can. <laughs> Medianoche.
2: Oh, God. No, no, no.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I... I'm... I'm definitely... uh, I'm feeling like a 7.8 to like an 8. um, Somewhere in that range. Like a very high 7... So like a, a low, a low eight. Um, I think it does so many things well. And there's, I like, I really think it's an accomplishment when somebody makes an album where, you know, you aren't like, yeah, I'll skip this track. Um, even when there's pacing issues that, that I feel, I never feel the need to be like, skip the track i'm just like near the last like third i'm like all right i'm ready i'm ready for the next song to happen already um or i was like i would like for there to be some breakup uh with like an interlude of some kind or or maybe um just adding another song there or something um i would if they're gonna stay in the pop realm i i'd like to see her like really branch out um and take more risks uh not that like just um yeah because there's when 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 they do take risks it's really nice um i think it's really interesting i'd also see like to see something with maybe a little more overall cohesiveness um that's something that is is i think missing out like when we talk about um like how they have these arrangements with like full uh forces with like strings and and brass and stuff and then going to synth and it's like i'd like to see them explore that more in terms of that dichotomy of stuff and explore both of those worlds more um yeah
1: well you heard it michelle like get some experimental shit in there man (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes. And and, Elsie, if, if people want to, you know, find out more about you, follow you, um, how, how could they do so? How could they, they know every moment of your waking life?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I, um, I, you can find me on Instagram if you want, but it's pretty awful. It's not very good. Uh, that's.
0: That is quite the invite. <laughs> you, you, you have me so much. Look, I'm
1: I'm an old soul and by that I mean I only use Facebook and Snapchat, which is pretty abhorrent to most young people these days. That
0: you, you know what you're you're you're, just, you're really you're really building yourself up, but I um, wait. I'm I just made a website. This has caused you to collapse.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just made a website. This is important. I I just made a website, so you can you can come and see. Uh, I'm gonna try to update it as often as possible, and I will. I you know, if you want to see what I'm up to, you can go to elsibehan dot slash music. Um, that is uh, that could possibly change in the next year uh, if I ever choose to upgrade my Wix site. <laughs> but if not, check it out. And if you can't reach it, um let me know uh, somehow by emailing new at gmail.com because um uh, the, I I don't know I can't access it actually, but I don't know what's wrong because I'm such a boomer.
0: <laughs> well, you just described yourself as if you only uh, take uh, telegrams <laughs> and Morse code and smoke signals. Uh, I like letters
1: <laughs> and postcards if, you know. <laughs>
0: oh There is something intimate about that ink on paper. Yeah. I digress. I digress. Elsie, you have been a wonderful guest. Thank you so much for being on with us. This has just been... This has just been very, very nice.
1: I thank you. I mean, again, thank you for inviting me. This was awesome. You guys are always a fucking blast, and I, I love you guys dearly.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah! Okay, so that is a wrap on this episode. We want to thank you for listening to the Mosaic Review Cast. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye bye bye. production of New Music Mosaic, an organization of new music composers and performers which brings collaborative concerts to new audiences. More can be found at New Music Mosaic's YouTube and Facebook pages.